Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, May 17th, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story on page 4. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 4, which begins with, Next morning I telephoned a friend and ends with, This time we stayed broke. Today's readers are Terry J., Nancy R., Leah S., Craig F., and Colleen M. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 16, 2022, are 18,962 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting and 18,900, I mean, that's 18,962, and 18,963 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, that's 18,963. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry J. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Terry J. I will now ask Nancy R. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Hi, it's Nancy R. from Illinois Recovered Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as, may, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are my trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only on page 4 in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, which begins with, Next morning I telephoned a friend and ends with, this time we stayed broke. 
I will now ask Leah S. to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah S. Recovered in Brooklyn, New York. Next morning, I telephoned a friend in Montreal. He had plenty of money left and thought I had better go to Canada. By the following spring, we were living in our custom style. I felt like Napoleon returning from Elba. No St. Helena for me, but drinking caught up with me again, and my generous friend had to let me go. This time, we stayed broke. Okay, what I read over here reminds me of all the bouts that I had had with my uh with my eating um binges with my um with my promises with 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 uh with becoming uh, slim and becoming beautiful and 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 somehow the illusion of 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 my life is like uh you know that's all that i needed that's all that i needed to live life but the truth is that i i didn't want any restrictions and when i came into these rooms i also didn't want any restrictions and i needed to understand that i'm not restricting myself when i'm not eating those foods that are actually harming me because i didn't understand i didn't put my head into it and then when i started understanding i found that it wasn't restriction it was really structure it really was because how many times did i and Every time I promised myself I'm not going to do this again, I I knew I was saying the truth. It wasn't that I wasn't genuine. It wasn't that I didn't mean it, but I didn't understand it. I needed to get more humility to understand what these steps are all about and what this program is really all about. So I am not restricted. I have more structure, and I'm able to do things, and I'm able to get along with people. Oh, my God, I'll get along with people. That was my most, um, it probably was one of my most um, real, real challenges. And um, I stay honest, and, um, and, and I recoil, I really recoil from eating and overeating like from a hot flame, even if it's by mistake. And um, just this past Mother's Day, someone put something into my hand, and I haven't had a, a craving in a very long time. And I didn't move. I started yelling somebody to take it away from my, from me. And they said, Happy Mother's Day. And I just said, Just leave me alone. Oh, there goes my timer, I think. But anyway, I have a couple of seconds left. I didn't, I recoil from it from a, like a hot flame. I needed somebody to take it away, so I, I didn't even move, even though I knew I wasn't going to do anything with it. Because um, foods that, that I cannot control, especially cravings, I need to, I need to, I need to, um, okay, this time it is my timer. And um, with that, I will pass. Thank you so much for letting me do service. Thanks, Leah S. 
Thanks for getting us started. And that first timer was not yours or mine um, that I know of anyway. Um, now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page four in chapter one, Bill's story, next morning I telephoned a friend through this time we stayed broke, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Cheryl A. Cheryl A. Lee H. Lee H. Glenn C. Glenn C. Carolyn S. H. Carolyn. Lisa J. R. Lisa J. R. Okay, should we go with the five of you then? Cheryl A, Lee H, Glenn C, Carolyn S H, and Lisa J R. Go ahead, Cheryl A. Oh, Cheryl A. Rebecca, can you hear me now? Now we hear you. Okay, great. Hi, this is Cheryl A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Brooklyn, Massachusetts. Thanks so much for your service, Rebecca. Um, so we're beginning to see the um, the progression of the disease and the sliding um, downwards. We have seen how all now he's tried lots of different ways to control this and that, and now he's staying broke. All of a sudden, now he stays broke. And I know for me that when I, um, that part of this disease is a powerful denying system and a powerful trying system. And I try and I try and I try and my, my hopes get raised and then they fall and they, my hopes used to get raised when I went on a new diet and then they would fall and my hopes would get raised when I would, um, find myself with some form of success and then they, and then it would fall and the the disease progresses to the point where I can't try anymore no matter what I do to try no matter what piece of my disease I'm trying to eradicate I can't I can't I couldn't stop when I started the my my compulsive overeating started at very very early ages um as early as third grade. And by the time I was in college, when I went to college, I gained 50 pounds in three months, my first semester. Any attempts I ever made early on to try, I lost it. I couldn't try any more. And then the progression continues and continues and continues into an absolute oblivion where I feel like I'm losing my mind, let alone my body. I can't try to make it better. 
I am taught in this program that there is a spiritual solution and 12 steps that get me into that awakening process so that I get rearranged. It happens to me, not by me. And I, the trying system, that, that, that it just fails. Um, so what I do today when I start to try and I hear myself, and I could hear myself again this morning when I was talking to my sponsor, I could hear my trying system start when it came to a particular de- character defect. I can't try to eradicate my character defects even. I can't. Um, God removes them from me in step seven. And I need to look at God removes from me. God does for me what I can't do for myself. But he doesn't do for me what I can do for myself. And what I can do for myself is understand the opposite of those defects and what the behaviors are associated with the opposite and I can move my body in those directions while God works to remove the defect itself. If I am trying in every area of my life, I'm going to fail. Thank you. But when I develop that spiritual connection to my God, I get a power I don't have that solves my problem. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Oh, thank you, Cheryl A. from Brookline, Mass. Lee H. Good morning. Thank you so much, moderator. This is Lee H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee and so glad to be here this morning and reading this paragraph. Um, as the previous person said, this, this is definitely Bill uh, in the most progressive phase of his drinking and it just reminded me the the sentence, but drinking caught up with me again. And my generous friend had to let me go. This time we stayed broke. So he is on his way to the bottom of himself. Um, he has struggled. He has had ups and downs. He's been on a roller coaster. And um, it just reminds me of the chase. And, and that's what I did. I, I chased the next high with food. And I'm so thankful today. I have so much peace in my life. I uh, haven't worked the steps and, and my higher power. We check in every morning. And it was interesting last weekend, I was with a couple of friends who uh, know that I'm doing some kind of eating program. <laughs> I had to laugh. They one friend said, well, you know, she's she's gluten-free. Well, you would have thought, then they were on the chase, trying to find foods that I might like. And they offered me all kind of artificially sweetened sweets and uh, gluten-free crackers and things like that. And it, it was it was like, why are you making such a big deal over the food? <laughs> I was so, because we were having such good conversations, we were going out and playing pickleball and taking hikes and and it was just I, I realized the food is just not it anymore I'm just so thankful to be out of that rat race for today because I know it can I, I'm aware of the way the disease the way my mind and the, the mental twist and that phenomenon of craving works together and I'm so grateful to understand 
that, but it's not the knowledge. It's really my higher power giving me grace and mercy every day to stay in this wonderful, um, whatever it is, fourth dimension they talk about, but just living in the promises. So anyway, that's all I got. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lee H. from Tennessee. Glenn C. Hi, good morning. My name is Glenn C. I'm a compulsive overeater from New York. Thank you, moderator, and thank you for the lead share. Uh, Very grateful to be here. I I guess what this paragraph brings up for me is, uh, reminds me of ego and, you know, the problem that my big ego had in me not accepting my food disorder. And I think, you know, Bill is exhibiting that in this paragraph. And, um, I've been coming on vision for five weeks now, I think, as of today, and I've been abstinent since I started. And uh, I'm very grateful for that, and I'm grateful for this group. I enjoy studying the big book in this manner. It's something I've never done before. Um, But I I guess I'm just sitting here pondering, you know, why does it take me so long to finally deal with this? And I think, you know, the, the, the speaker the lead share kind of hit on it. I've looked at it as a restriction. You know, I don't, oh, come on, I got to give this last thing up. Um, but I like, you know, turning that around and looking at it as a structure as opposed to restriction and doing what's healthy for me. You know, and it's no coincidence that um, when I got on my Peloton bike this morning, I got a little badge 30 days in a row. You know, I've been on the bike 30 days in a row. And, it's no coincidence I'm also abstinent for that amount of time too because I'm not waking up feeling sick to my stomach in the morning from what I ate the night before because I would tend to have my alcoholic foods at night and um, I'd wake up not feeling well. I didn't want exercise. <laughs> I needed a few hours for my stomach to feel better and be able to work. Um, so I, I just feel like you know I'm leading a happier, healthy life with this. And um, the previous speaker mentioned gluten. I also, I've got celiac disease, so I I can't have gluten or else I get sick for like five days. And, um, you know, I'm okay with that. You know, I I accepted that completely when I was diagnosed with that. And I also accepted uh, quickly that uh, once I hit bottom with alcohol, I can't have that anymore. And other substances like nicotine, caffeine, et cetera. But with the sugar and and the food, it's been, it's been a struggle. you know, and, and the lead chair touched on it, you know, making promises that I couldn't keep. You know, I'd said I'd go to the store, get my food, and come home and say, I won't do this tomorrow. I'm going to say goodbye to all of it today. <laughs> that, that never happened. Like, I did that a million times. And uh, But now, with, with incorporating my recovery, with incorporating food into my recovery and bringing God into it through this vision meeting, in a way, has been uh, wonderful. And it, Frankly, it's been a lot easier than I thought it would be. And uh, but for that, I'm very grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Glenn C. from New York. Carolyn S.H. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? <clears throat> yes, good morning, Carolyn. Excellent. Good morning. Um, hi, everybody. Carolyn S.H. from the Boston area in Massachusetts. Um, 
uh, and I'm starting my timer. There you go, three minutes. Um, next morning, I telephoned a friend in Montreal. He had plenty of money left and thought I had better go to Canada. What? So what this is, um, what's really jumping out at me in this paragraph this morning is the reliance on um, humans, on other people. Um, and, you know, as long as a friend has money, I'm okay kind of thing. Um, and that by the following spring, we were living in our accustomed style. Um, and I'm just like thinking about how much I've relied, you know, before um, I found a solution, the solution, um, I relied on people. Um, and there's just no recovery in that. Um, and the other parts of the big book that, that I felt like this, uh, that jumped into my head were, and I looked them up a moment ago, page 60, the three pertinent ideas, um, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism, um, that there's nothing a friend in Montreal can do, you know, there's nothing any of my friends can do, family members, nothing, um, I'm the one who has to uh, find a relationship with a higher power by using the steps in this book. Um, and then in uh, working with others, a few different places, but one of the places I found on page 98 about um, uh, the minute we put our work on a service plan, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot ma master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Um, it's like, even though this is talking about someone who's trying to stay sober, relying on a human being, and that's not what Bill was doing in this paragraph. It's To me, it's the same concept. Um, and again and again, day after day, hour after hour, it's just really hammered home to me that I on any level, relying on a human being above my um, higher power just just doesn't work, does not work. Um, uh, and even like focusing on things material doesn't work, even in, in a subtle way. Um, I'm having some minor success in, in a new career. And when I focus there, all hell breaks loose and I feel awful. <laughs> And it's like, okay, you know, it's not, it's all about me and higher power. That's the only thing that matters for me um, anymore. And I uh, hope that made some sense. And um, my timer's up. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Carolyn S.H., Lisa J.R., and then we'll take more names for sharing. Good morning, everybody. Lisa Jr. here from outside Baltimore, Maryland. Grateful to be here, and thank you, moderator, for um, hosting the meeting this morning. Um, you know, he had plenty of money left, and I better and thought I better go to Canada. Um, I had a ton of people in this, and including other meetings. When I first came into Overeaters Anonymous, I, I went to some pretty unhealthy meetings. I um, had a hard time navigating what this was all about at first, although I knew that the 12 steps definitely applied to my life. Um, I had plenty of people 
tell me uh, what I should do. And, and they talked about it in terms of food and not in terms of the spiritual solution. You know, that, that word uh, broke, you know, means impoverished and ruined. And I had to be completely out of people, um, answers, uh, any kind of human aid before I was ready to receive what this um, program offers in, in depth and get any real help from any of it. Um, so, you know, for me, cupcakes were but a symbol, you know. Um, so he's, you know, he's getting his last last shot at success here and he blows it, which is the same thing that I did and, and I'm sure many of us on the line can relate that, you know, diet, whatever, um, you know, any kind of advice that we got from anybody. Um, maybe we got to live in our custom style for a short time, but, you know, at the end, the rug was pulled out from under our feet. So hitting this meeting, finding vision for you was like hitting the lotto for me. Um, you know, I, I heard people speaking truth in love uh, to me about what, what was behind my eating problem, you know, um, and I, I could always find in the beginning of this journey, a sucker codependent that would try to help me, a friend from Montreal, so to speak. But in the end, it wasn't until I found people that spoke the truth in love that I um, was able to understand what this message was all about. So thank you guys all for being God with skin on and with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa J.R. from Maryland. <clears throat> if you haven't shared on a vision for you in the past, this past Friday or Monday, and would like to share on the second paragraph only on page four in chapter one in the big book, which is Bill's story, next morning I telephoned a friend through this time we stayed broke. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Peggy. Larry K. <clears throat> Okay, wait, before anybody else speaks, was it Peggy and Larry? Yes. Barbara G? Yeah. Okay, I've got Peggy and Larry, and now I've got Barbara G. Can Sorry, yes. Golda, Golda oh, H? Kim, I think. Uh, Craig, maybe, and Golda. Who else spoke up that I didn't catch? Terry J. Oh, Terry J. Okay. Does anybody else want to get in there? Okay, so I didn't have a chance to put initials. I've got Peggy, Larry, a name I can't read that begins with B. B, oh dear, who are you that begins with B? Boy, that's bad. Brian or... I don't know, Brienne. I I don't know. <laughs> the B after Larry. Brenda, Barbara Brenda, G. I think. Oh, Barbara. Yeah, that's what that says. <laughs> okay, thank you. So we'll go with that lineup. Peggy, go right ahead. Peggy, we don't hear you. 
star one to unmute. Make sure your phone is also unmuted. Hi, this, hi I'm Peggy N. from New York. Um, this paragraph reminds me of the time when life becomes precarious, became precarious in my life, and I got un, unsteady. I was on my program, and I lost it because um, things were, I was unable to rely on my higher power and or unwilling. And then uh, all of a sudden, uh, I started to eat, and I went back, fell back into my old ways to comfort myself when life was so precarious. So um, it, um, I was just unstable, and uh, and and the eating came back, and I was not, I wasn't doing well, and uh, and the degree, the disease is so progressive and so uh, manipulating, and and my life was really unmanageable, and I am so grateful that I found the vision for you, because of. I've had about three months of uh, abstinence, and I'm I'm so very very happy. So uh, thank you. The promises are are coming true in my life, and uh, and with that, I'll I'll uh, I'll turn it over to somebody else. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Peggy M from New York, Larry K from Illinois. Hey, Rebecca, good morning. It's Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Um, love when you, love your cheery demeanor, <laughs> Rebecca. Um, I, I'm a nerd. I, I'm a history nerd. And just, I'll just come out and tell you right now. So I, I try to connect, you know, this whole thing, you know, reading about Napoleon and returning, you know, from Elba and no St. Helena for me. And, you know, my... Um, sense of denial like napoleon's like bills he napoleon he was he was he was basically the emperor of europe he he, like 70 million people at that time that he was the emperor he was the the deal and when he was defeated in war he was exiled to elba so now there's like 12,000 people okay so it's like bill going to canada or, you know, it's like, oh, from New York to Canada, and he thought he was a big shot like Napoleon, and all of a sudden, you know. And where he says, no St. Helena for me, Napoleon uh, went back to, uh, to try to reclaim. He goes back to France. He tried to reclaim his emperorship, you know, but it didn't work out so well for him. And he was exiled again to St. Helena in prison, and now he wasn't even considered an emperor. He had a few boats. He called it his navy, a few soldiers. He called it his his army, you know. And so, you know, my resurgence of that things like try to normalize things, you know, there's such a sense of denial with this disease. Denial is a defense mechanism in which, you know, I can refuse to recognize or acknowledge what's right there before me, just like Napoleon couldn't recognize. His ego was so large as what he knew, just like Bill you know, everything's good. Got a few bucks in my pocket, a buddy up in Canada. Even in program, how many times did I go back out into the food early on? And, uh, you know, no, I, I, I had lost some weight. It's all good. Yeah, I ate a few Skittles. Uh, look, I'll get right back on it tomorrow. See, such a sense of denial. And the resurgence of this denial, the resurgence of this ego, this kind of unconscious process that I 
that I want to protect, you know, myself from anxiety. So I tell myself lies. I lie to myself like Napoleon lied to himself, like Bill was lying to himself. Have you ever done that? I have. I still can. I need alignment with God. I need a spiritual transformation. So I stop lying to myself, essentially, so that it keeps my, 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 my natural tendency to do that in check. And I'm okay being one among many today, just for today. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Larry Kay from the Chicago, Illinois area. Barbara T. Yes, thanks, Rebecca. And hi, my name is Barbara T. And I'm calling from Paris. And I'm really enjoying this meeting and all the shares. And uh, my experience, strength, and hope about this paragraph today. As I was listening, I was thinking about the great uh, crisis that had happened before Bill called his friend in Canada. You know, the stock market had crashed and uh, he was disgusted and he wanted to find this, a way out and he called his friend in Canada and, uh, and uh, yes, and off he went. And, uh, and then alcohol took over as usual, etc., etc. What I What this made me realize today was that big crises in my life were only apparently the excuse to eat because in reality I always ate because of the denial uh, something someone else was just talking about I could tell myself being to food in so many ways that a crisis was not it, it was just it was just one of the many reasons why I would then I, I would then eat and uh, uh, what this paragraph has made me think about today is that thanks to the spiritual awakening that is the only solution that this program has offered me and uh, that I am, by the grace of God, uh, embracing totally, allows me, when a crisis leads, to do... Call I, I don't even know. Like, so I've never really tell well, she never wanted to. There is a disturbance. Oh, we're having some kind of interference. Uh, I'm not sure if someone's unmuted yeah. or the lines are crossed. Uh, try again to continue, Barbara. Okay. What I was getting at is that when today a crisis hits, I do still call friends like Bill called his friend in Canada, but I do call my program friends. And instead of, they're not an excuse to run away from the crisis. They just help me to be realistic about what's going on and to do what I need to do, asking my higher power for help. And uh, that's all possible because, first of all, I put the food down. And secondly, because I looked for the only power. And that's something I do every day, constantly, every minute of my day when I need to, for that only power that can give me the strength not to go to food, but to but to be a human being like others, as it was just said. And I'm very grateful to be granted this possibility to walk this path with you. And I'll pass. Thank you. Barbara, Barbara, before you pass, we didn't catch where you're from. You still there? Yes. What what did you say, Rebecca? Sorry. 
where did you say you're from? Oh, I am from Paris, France. From Paris, France. I, maybe other people heard that, but I couldn't catch it. Thank you so much, okay. Barbara T. My Kim, and could you give us the first initial of your last name? You're next, Kim. I heard a Kim, but maybe I didn't. So why don't we go with Craig? Okay. This is Craig F. Uh, can I be heard? I hear you, Craig. Let me just double check. Did Kim come on at the same time as Craig? or No. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Craig. Okay. Great. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's someone else on the line. Is it Kim? Who's talking at the same time? Hello? Did you have Golda anywhere? Did you have Golda oh, or did we miss Yes, you? Golda, you are after Craig. Okay, thank you. Sorry. I'll call in you after Craig. So I guess it's Craig. Go right ahead. <laughs> All right. Let's get going. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good morning, everybody. Um, I, I was a little confused when I first read this. Um, uh, Larry talked a little bit about uh, Napoleon and uh, references to Elba and St. El- uh, Helena. And uh, the... Uh, uh, the reference, he said that, uh, that when he went to Canada, he felt like Napoleon returning from Elba. In other words, he he felt like he was uh, apparently um, uh, had been ostracized or uh, uh, exiled out of New York. But when he went to to Canada, he felt like he'd been uh, he, he'd been redeemed. And uh, then he said, "No, Saint Helena, of course, is where." Uh, Napoleon went and finally died in St. Helena, uh, which is, they're both islands in the Atlantic, pretty uh, bad places to be, like volcanic islands in, a, uh, in, the, in an ocean that's uh, not real friendly. But uh, anyway, but anyway, he's he's been redeemed, he's back in good graces, and then uh, drinking caught up with me again. And his generous friend had to let him go, and this time he stayed broke. You know, um, wherever I go, there I am. You know, uh, I, I've looked for these situational, uh, these situational recoveries a, a lot in my life, and in, in the profession I'm in, uh, it's been okay for me to move. It's been kind of natural for me to move around. I, a matter of fact, I make more money when I'm uh, mobile because, uh, you know, they, uh, somebody, I, 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 a construction administrator, construction manager, and and so, uh, you know, people uh, need somebody to go to an area and build a, build a project and they want somebody with the credentials and the ability and so I can go do that. But, you know, wherever I went, there I was. 
and 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 what went with me was the disease, and what went with me was the uh, uh, the the was the loneliness that went from moving around, you know, and where do I and I where do I find new friends and where, you know, what and and I'm pretty good at making friends, especially those temporary kind of friends on the road, but it's still, you know, they're not the kind of friends that invite you to their house on holidays and and uh, you know it's it's always uh, it's a it's a lonely way of life, but um, you know. Uh, without um without a uh growing relationship with a power greater than myself you know i i i would have to turn to friends i'd have to turn to those people that had what it was i wanted you know in order to find what it was i needed and, and instead of turning to god and and one of the things that this program teaches me is that my the most important thing I need to have is a reliance on this power greater than myself, a reliance on a power that won't fail me in, in those in 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 those times of uh, even of my errors. You know that any human relationship is tenable at, at best, but the relationship with God is the relationship I can rely on, and uh, and. So I need to live in that in uh, surrender and acceptance today, and uh, I did that with the steps. And uh, anyway, I appreciate all of you and, and love you. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Craig F. from Oklahoma. Golda, it's your turn, and you can give us the first initial of your last name and where you're from. Okay, Golda H. from Israel. Excuse me. Hi, thank you. Sorry. Um, Okay. Um, uh, Thank you all for your service. Uh, It's a wonderful meeting. And uh, what jumped out at me, what for me, Bill's story is all about that drive, that drive to succeed, that ambition that I so relate to. I so, my life was so filled with I must be successful, you know, I must keep going, I must win, I must get that feeling of well-being, ah, you know, no St. Helena for me, I've succeeded, I've got there, I'm okay now, and it's all ego-centered, and um, so I went through, (coughs) I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm coughing so much, but anyway, I went through a uh, period of my, with my eating of deep, mental obsession, incredible mental obsession, and trying to control control my eating so I could, and, and what I've learned is that you can be in a 12-step program and re- really you're on a diet, you know, maybe a more sophisticated diet, maybe I'm weighing and measuring, you know, maybe I have a smarter sense of what my addictive foods are, but I'm still trying to control and enjoy at the same time and I'm still in the in the obsession and I did that for years when I lived in Brooklyn in another 12-step food fellowship and um, and yeah this is about denial and the progression of the disease so for me I had to get and this is right out of the big book right everyone's saying this but I have to say it too to keep my you know keep my abstinence 
as soon as I got to that point where I realized I couldn't do anything right, I couldn't do any of it because the disease had progressed to that point where I couldn't stop ingesting flour and sugar. I was way beyond where I was in Brooklyn. And I knew I was going to die physically, that I could not sustain this kind of eating. And it was in that moment of knowing I can't stop that God steps in. He just does. I really believe that, that as soon as I acknowledge in my head, along with my body and my soul, I cannot stop. That's when God's power comes in and direction. So I'm very grateful that I, but it, I, I mean, it'd be nice if I didn't have to hit bottom. It'd be nice if I just got smart on my own, but that's not this addict's story. And so food caught up with me again <clears throat> And all my external solutions, all the things I kept looking around me to do to make, give me that boost, give me that feeling that I'm winning, just wouldn't work anymore. Just nothing was working. So for today, I'm surrendered. I'm surrendered and accepting um, that, uh, that I'm eating, um, not limiting myself. I'm in structure. Thank you. Thank you, Golda H. from Israel. Terry J. Good morning. It's Terry J. again in Michigan. Uh, grateful to be on the line this morning. Uh, a recovering compulsive overeater. And that describes me to the epitome of who I am. I'm grateful, though, for this program. And for a vision for you, this is uh, my home group. I was sharing that earlier this morning. I make this meeting most mornings, uh, most mornings. If I don't make it, then, you know, I get on and listen to the recording. So um, this paragraph, you know, I'm really enjoying going through the big book to this year for the first time with the vision for you, page by page, paragraph by paragraph. So, yeah. Um, I can identify with Bill uh, because I am truly, truly a compulsive overeater. And what I'm finding out as I go along, you know, I'm reading and hearing some of the history and learning some more about, you know, I'll go Google something to see exactly what this uh, St. Helena is trying to convey at this point in the message. And I might get a different message, you know, because I'm at a different place right now in my process. Um, and uh, with prior, you know, Bill was like, mm -mm, not jumping out the window committing suicide, not going to do that. So it, it sounds like for me that there's still a, a, a little bit of not wanting to completely surrender to the alcohol, and, and so and I can identify with that. I can identify with not totally wanting to surrender, even though my mouth says, I know I'm a compulsive overeater. I get it. I know. But my head, you know, it's trying to get my head and my mouth to connect, to stay abstinent, you know, to not think I can go back and say, okay, let me tweak this and do that. And the other part that I'm accepting and working on is that the food is only a, um, a, a, a the food is only saying to me that I got a problem. It isn't the problem. 
The problem is, again, in my head. It's my thinking. You know, it's my issue. It's the things that I want to put in a box in the back of my head and ignore and not address. So what I get today is that the food is an issue. The problems are going to be addressed. The issues, rather, are going to be addressed through the steps. And the more I surrender to God, who to the God of my understanding, the better I get day by day. You know, this program is really opening up to me. It really is. I am so grateful to be able to understand and give um, verbiage to the step. You know, even though I got clean time in another program, credits on transfer, all that good stuff, you know. Thank you. And uh, I'm working here now. It don't matter what I've done in the past. Just keep doing what I'm doing to make myself stay on top in that area and so that I can get it in this area. So thanks for letting me share. And everybody, everybody, everybody have a great day. Thank you, Terry J. from Michigan. I'm going to see if there's someone named Kim who was in the list of people to share who couldn't get on earlier. Is there a Kim out there or someone whose name sounds like Kim who spoke up? Okay. Does anybody else want to share for two minutes? Ginger C. I'm going to go with Linda G. Sorry, we only have two minutes. Next hour. Ginger C. Go right ahead. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me, Rebecca? Yes, I hear you, Ginger C. Ginger, hey, I Rebecca. Hear, yeah, I, I hear you now. I was unmuting, so maybe you didn't. Oh, good. We both were doing no, it at the same time. Wait. Good morning. Go Thanks, Rebecca. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, when I'm trying, I'm lying. And I love this talk on denial because drinking caught up with me again. I just can't believe I'm back on the line sharing that this food is winning yet again. But this is my truth, and that's what this program has taught me is honesty and to share the truth. So I just know for me, denial is don't even know I'm lying, and I am obviously going to great lengths for this food to still stay in place. And I have no choice or control when it comes to food. I have lost all power, and I don't want to go into this one OA room, but I know it's where I need to go because I need tighter parameters, and I need to be more accountable and more honest when it comes to uh, food. And it's the only thing in my heart that God has been sharing through all this relapse is it's time, and I know you don't want to be in this place, but what choice do you have? Continue relapsing and eating or to hopefully get back on the bean? And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ginger C. Actually, thanks everyone for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number, uh-oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm slipping today, boy. Okay, uh, the share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, May 17, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 18,966. That's 18966. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read addition to you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Okay, this is Craig F. still recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of, ha- as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.